Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We hear a portion of our gospel lesson from Matthew chapter 21. But when the tenant farmers saw the son, they said to each other, This is the heir, come let's kill him and take his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those farmers? He will completely destroy those terrible men, they told him, and lease his vineyard to other farmers who will give him his fruit at the harvest. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is what the Lord has done, and it is wonderful in our eyes. We pray. These are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. In the name of Jesus Christ, dear fellow redeemed. So, last week we saw great evil over in Israel, Hamas attacking the Jewish nation of Israel, slaughtering, killing probably over 1,300. Uh, but this is nothing new. It's been throughout history. What is new is our access to view it immediately. You know, very similar to what we have at the individual level. We have good citizens, bad citizens. Uh, but I want us to consider several points here this morning, some of them just briefly. Um, first of all, I want to point out that in all wars, the good nations, the good guys, will have soldiers and citizens who carry out great evil even as their nations proceed with a just cause. We've seen this in all wars. War is hell, they say. So even in World War II, you had American soldiers uh, committing great atrocities at times. So it happens. Second, I, I want to point out that there is something called the justice of God that's carried out toward a people. But the reason why may not be known or obvious to, to many. Just to give you a hypothetical example. If the United States were attacked even though um, we did not provoke them. And it caused devastation that attack upon us may very well be just, the justice of God. And understandably so, when we see the great evils that have occurred here the last decades. You know, the killing of the unborn by abortion, the high divorce rate, the legitimacy of certain lifestyles, the denial of God's created order, you know, all within the last decades. Um, God could easily bring his justice upon us. 
and it would be well deserved. And of course, of course, the, the purpose of God doing so would bring our nation and individuals within the nation to repentance. And this is why we need to always pray for our nation that uh, we live in repentance, not only us, but our, our neighbors as well. But third, there is a kind of unique justice of God, we could call it, a justice that God carries out. We find this described in both our Old Testament lesson for today and the gospel lesson. And it has to do with a people, a nation, and how they respond to the authority of God, the lordship of God, his word, and especially his plan of salvation. And that people, that nation, is Israel. Our Old Testament lesson speaks of the people of Israel as a whole. God worked the soil, planted the finest vines. He built that tower. He dug the wine press, and he expected it to yield good grapes, but it yielded worthless grapes. And then we see that God brings about justice. He says, I will remove its hedge, and it will be consumed. I will tear down its walls, and it will be trampled. And so this is what we see happening to Israel, especially at the time of the Babylonian invasion and the captivity of the people. Thousands and thousands and thousands of lives were, were lost, and many were sent into exile. The gospel lesson for today speaks first and foremost to uh, Jewish leaders, but it doesn't exclude uh, the nation of Israel, the Jews as a whole. Again, God planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press, built a watchtower, and then he leased it to tenant farmers. And when the time came to harvest, he sent his servants, and we know what happened to those servants. Who are these tenant farmers? Well, they would be the, uh, the priests who had become, become corrupted in Israel. It would be the prophets who became false prophets. It would be the kings who went after false gods and committed idolatry. And what happened? Well, the people followed the kings as well. Who were the servants? Well, they would have been the faithful prophets. But we see what happened to them. They were persecuted, some of them were, were martyred. And then we come to the final part of our parable, where the son shows up, and they do the same to him. He's rejected, he's persecuted, and he's finally killed. You know, Jesus addresses the current leaders, uh, a couple chapters later in Matthew, Matthew chapter 23, and he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! You say, if we had lived in the days of our ancestors, we wouldn't have taken part with them in the shedding of the prophet's blood. So you testify against yourselves that you are descendants of those who murdered the prophets. 
Snakes, brood of vipers, how can you escape being condemned to hell? This is why I am sending you prophets. Some of them you will kill and crucify, and some of them you will flog in your synagogues and pursue from town to town. So all the righteous blood shed on the earth will be charged to you, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, whom you murdered between the sanctuary and the altar. Truly, I tell you, all these things will come on this generation. See, your house is left to you desolate. And so when the, the sun comes, Jesus, who's standing right before the Jewish leaders now, they had already for months been planning and plotting to, to kill the son, to kill Jesus. And these leaders do so, of course, but what's very interesting is that these leaders, they enlist the crowd, they enlist the masses of Jews at the trial of Jesus, and they convince these Jewish masses to convince Pilate to put Jesus to death. And so we read in Matthew 27, the priests and the elders persuaded the crowds to ask for Barabbas and to execute Jesus. Pilate asked them, what should I do then with Jesus, who was called Christ? They all answered, they all answered, crucify him. Then he said, why? What has he done wrong? But they kept shouting all the more, crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that a riot was starting instead, he took some water, washed his hands, in front of the crowd and said, I am innocent of this man's blood. All the people answered, his blood be on us and our children. And it was. In another section, Jesus, when he's talking about the destruction of Jerusalem, the temple, he said, they will crush you and your children among you to the ground, and they will not leave one stone on another in your midst, because you did not recognize the time when God visited you. And these words of Christ were then fulfilled in the year 70 AD, where tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of, of Jews were killed. So here, this, this Jewish nation, this chosen people, they said no to the prophets, to the word of God, and to the Son of God himself. It's also so interesting, again, that they said, his blood be on us and our children. So, you know, Hamas killed, massacred probably over 1,300 Jews last week. This is a great evil. But here, we're talking about the Son of God, God himself. So, whether we're comfortable with it or not, there is this justice of God against the Jews. 
because they had always done this sort of thing to the authority of God, to the lordship of God, to his prophets, his true prophets. And then they finally killed the son. And so we could ask the question, what is wrong with them? Or what is wrong with Hamas? What is wrong with all those who commit and even delight in sheer evil? What is wrong with nations and individuals throughout history? What is wrong with these Jews and Israel that they persecute and murder the prophets and God's only dear son? The same thing that is wrong with you. There is the evil that you were born with and displayed by your daily sins. There is no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There is no one righteous, not even one. They have all turned away. They have together become useless. A lot of law in these parables. So let's go to verse 42 now. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This is what the Lord has done. And it is wonderful in our eyes. The stone, Jesus, rejected, becomes the cornerstone. This is what the Lord has done. And somehow, it is wonderful. In other words, one way to put it is behind the scenes of this great evil that men do, that the Jews did, and that you and I have done because of our original sin and our daily sins. Behind the scene, we find the Father who uses all this evil to his Son to bring about what is wonderful in our eyes. It is wonderful in our eyes. In your eyes. Why? Because there is one place and one place only where the full and the complete justice of God is found and carried out. It is what we call the cross. In all that justice 
that full and complete justice is directed and experienced by the Son, the rejected one. And it is all undeserved. And there is only one place and one place only where the mercy of God is found and established and made accessible to all sinners. And that too is called the cross. And this too is undeserved. And it is why you come here Because here, this mercy, this full mercy, this complete mercy, is freely offered to you. And within you, it is fully and completely received by faith. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done. It is for the Hamas terrorist. It is for the Jews of all time. It is for all you Gentiles. We probably should have sung this hymn today. Chief of sinners though I be, Jesus shed his blood for me. Died that I might live on high, Live that I might never die. As the branches to the vine, I am his and he is mine. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and shall be forevermore. Amen. And now may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.